You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Jerry Sally is considered one of Music Row's greatest veteran tunesmiths, while pinning many songs for many other artists in the bluegrass and country genre. He has also recorded several CDs of his own, including this new, number six project, called Bridges and Backroads. Jerry joins me in this edition of Americana Music Profiles as we talk about his life in music and this new CD. Good morning, Jerry. Welcome to the podcast today. Good morning, Greg. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. I certainly uh, enjoy this opportunity, and I'm looking forward to learning about the new record. Yes, sir. I appreciate the opportunity as well. So the you've got a new, is this number six for you? Is that right? This is number six for me. Um, this is actually um, um, my, well, it's actually maybe my fifth, um, what I would call, no, it's, it's actually my fifth, you're right. New, friend, new Songs Old Friends was on Mountain Home, and since then I've been doing my own little record label. So, yes, sir, that's exactly right. It's this one. Six solo project. Okay. And you got to work with a lot of uh, friends and, and neat people in the business for this record. Is that typical for yes. you to, to work with different artists, or is this something unique for this this project? No, I have uh, my very first solo project back around 2007. was an album called New Songs, Old Friends. And, uh, you know, I've mainly been a songwriter. Well, I'm a songwriter, but I've made my living just writing songs, and it never really pursued the artist side of it. Um, I mean, I did when I first moved to Nashville in the 80s. I had a, um, I had a couple of deals, one at RCA and one at CBS records back in the day when it was called CBS, and we had these uh, these deals where they would call you and let you cut three or four songs to decide whether they wanted to put anything out or not. So I did pursue a country artist career at one time uh, back then, and when the second one didn't work out, I was already making pretty decent money as a songwriter, and it was just driving me crazy and depressing me too much to drive out and lose it. So <laughs> fast forward, I finally... I got older, my kids were growing up, and I started recording two songs and solo albums. And um, that first one, New Songs Old Friends, I had different artists on each cut. They were guests. Okay. And they were all folks who recorded my songs in the past. And I had folks on there like the Oak Ridge Boys, the Dale Worley, Tony uh, Isaac, Del McCurry, Ronda Vincent, and Steele. We had a, a, a different guest on every cut. So that was my first solo record. And since then, and I'm just good friends with a lot of different folks, and since then, I haven't really done multi-artist projects on my solo rec- on my solo record, uh-huh. but I have reached out to a few of them to sing background and do duets and that sort of thing. Did you write songs specifically for this record, or, or are these songs that you had already had um, put together? Well, both. Um, there's, uh, let's see how many new songs there's. Uh, one, two... I just thought they were good 
solid lyrically, melodically, um, just, just really strong songs that, that would have been a hit back in the day. And so um, I took those songs, and they're, they're ones like the first song to let me do the bridge, I think that song's nearly 30 years old. Wow. And, um, and so I took that and uh, about three or four other songs that I've always believed in with all my heart and, and recorded those as well. But they've met, although they're old songs, some of them have never been recorded before. With so many songs in your catalog, how do you how do you settle on just twelve? Well, that's a good question. I kind of have to. I try to. I don't always do a great job of this, but I try to kind of get a theme for the album or for the project, and either write songs toward that theme or gather songs that I've written in the past that have either been hit for others or um, that have never been recorded. Um, the, the project before this one uh, was um, was a re-release of some of my original gospel things with about four new gospel songs, and then the album before that was all new songs, twelve all new songs. But um, um, that's a, that's a good question. I just kind of have to narrow it down to what I think works. Yeah. Uh, on a particular thing, you know. Are you? When you put a record together, are you thinking ahead far enough that you think, well, I'll I'll record this one on this project and save this song for the next one? Yes, sir. I actually do. I actually do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> At my age, I don't know how many more I'm going to get out, but uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I am. Actually, I'm already working on, I have five songs finished for the next project already. Wow. That I okay. know for sure that I want to do. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm always thinking ahead. I'm also thinking about doing the Christmas record. I have, I've had probably 20 or 22 um, original Christmas songs over my career that have been reported by other folks like Gordon Mode and the Oakridge Boys uh-huh. and Jeff and Sherry Easter, a bunch of folks. And um, I've never recorded a Christmas record or or any of those. So my children, my kids are like, Dad, why don't you do a Christmas record? We can just always have it. So yeah. I'm thinking about going in as well and recording um, in addition to a new solo record to have out in a couple of years. It takes me, Greg, it takes me a long time to do anything. So I have to get started now for something for 2022. Oh, okay. But um, <laughs> but um, so I'm I'm thinking ahead and I'm trying to put together um things things like that for the future. Absolutely. Do you have a a favorite one on this current project? Oh wow, that's a great question. I like to ask me which one of my kids I like. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I don't know that I have a particular favorite for any reason. There's a song on here. There's two songs on here that mean uh, mean a lot to me personally. Um, one is a song called Waltz Through the Ages, and I co-wrote that with my dear friend and mentor, uh, Jim Rushy, which I also wrote Let Me Be the Good with Jim, and I've got a great story about that song. I'll tell you in a few minutes. But we also wrote a song on, that, on this album called Waltz Through the Ages, and um, that particular song was uh, was played and sung at my wedding a few years ago. Okay. And it was the first, uh, it was uh, the song that Aaron and I, we had our first dance to that particular wow. song. So cool. that song has means a lot to both of us. And on this record, uh, I always thought it might make a great duet, so I had it leaked out and asked Rhonda Vincent, one of the newest members of the Grand Ole Opry, and yeah. a friend of mine for 20 years, and we've been known each other since we were young. And um, she was kind enough to uh, to record a duet with me on that particular song, so that's a very special cut on the record for me. 
And then there's one called, um, that I, I wrote this with another dear friend, Larry Cordell. Uh, Larry, you know, wrote Highway 40 Blues. Right. And songwriter. Yeah. We've, been, we've been performing together and, and writing together for, for over 30 years now. But um, we have a song on here that we wrote several years ago that has always meant the world to me. The lyrics uh, are just, uh, just some of my favorite. The chorus is one of my favorite courses I've ever been a part of. And the song is called How I Want to Be Remembered. And um, I guess, you know, I've never recorded it. It's never been recorded by anyone else. And I guess I'm just, I just turned 60 this year. So you start thinking about those kind of things. I think the older you get, the yeah, more important yeah. those things are. So that one means an awful lot to me. And you mentioned the um, the first single, Let Me Be the Bridge. Mm-hmm. And uh, you said that there was a story about that one. Yeah, back back in the early 1980s, um, I was writing for a small independent publishing company, and I was really, um, uh, it was right where I also signed with Warren Chapel right after this, but um, I was really, I was a big fan of Jim Rushes. Jim was already having a big career, and the, uh, had written the big hit um, when we were down to nothing, nothing sure would get on you to Gene Lock, not a huge Gene Lockton fan. And uh, I just was aware of Jim's songwriting and was a very, very big fan, so I kept begging my publishers to try to help me get a, a, you know, get an appointment to write with him. So I finally got an appointment, and my publisher told me, he said, uh, well, listen, he said, uh, he's going he's gonna to take a chance and, you know, let you in the room and and see what you come up with, but you need to take him a great idea because I'm telling you right now, if you don't bring him a great idea, he's probably never going to write with you again. Wow. <laughs> of course, you know, that didn't put any pressure on me whatsoever. No, not at all. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but a couple of weeks before we got together, God just kind of threw down a, a title to me, and, and I came up with this title, Let Me Be the Bridge That Gets You Over Him, the full foot. Yeah. And, uh, and so I kept riddling on it, and to be honest with you, all I had when I went in to write with Jim I had the last few lines that would become the chorus. It says, um, it, Can't you see you cried a river? That's impossible to swim. Darling, let me be the bridge to get you over him. Yeah. And yeah. so I took that in there, and lucky for me, he absolutely loved it. Wow. And, uh, That's cool. Jim was actually writing uh, for Ricky Stad's publishing company at the time, and we really wrote the song for Ricky. Uh, he was hot as a firecracker back then, and uh, making great records and selling a lot of records and just huge, huge stuff in, in the country market. Anyway, we, we finished it and uh, sent it to him. He really did like it. We thought a couple of different records he might record it, but he never did. And uh, But it is a song that I've performed over the years at songwriter shows and bluegrass shows and, uh-huh. and different events. Uh, and it's always been popular. Um, one of my favorite uh, stories about the song is uh, Sonny Throckmorton, a great songwriter out of Nashville who did. Hall of Fame songwriter, um, and I'm a huge fan of his, obviously, and, and we've become friends over the years, but he has told me on multiple occasions that he that he just thought that was the perfect country song, and that that was his favorite song that I'd ever been a part of, so I got to thinking about Tony's comments, because uh, I see him about once a year at a festival he played down in Florida, and he's always yelling about, play that bird song! And so, uh, you know, I thought, you know, maybe it's time to finally get that thing out there. And that was the first single off the album. Yeah. And uh, it, it started not only a great long-term writing relationship for me and Jim Rushing, but it also, um, I mean, we've been 
called, we talked two or three times a week, even more, Jim's 70 years old. Wow. And uh, we still, we still write occasionally, but more importantly, we're just really close friends. So it's been a very special song to me in a lot of ways. How, how is it that it got uh, passed over for for so long, and and that you even on on your some of your first solo records that you didn't actually get it recorded? Yeah, well, that's a great question. Why I, I, I don't really know why I didn't do it before. Now I guess I kept thinking somebody would. I kept thinking, to be honest with you, I kept thinking that initially I thought well if Ricky doesn't do it, somebody in the music's going to play it. You know, yeah. even if it's an older artist like a Gene Watson or somebody. Right. And I kept waiting for somebody like that to record it, and they never did. And then I started thinking and praying that maybe, uh, and don't get me wrong, there's a lot of great country music out there today. Oh, sure, but sure. It's, it, but it's a little bit more uh, progressive than what I, you know, tend to find. I tend to find right from where I did in George Jones, you know, so. Right. Um, but, so I guess the last two years, I've just been hoping and praying that the, that, that the industry turned back a little bit more traditional and I would have a shot with it, but I just got to the point. Again, it's, I think it's that, Getting to be at my age and thinking, well, I better go ahead and do it because nobody may do this. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. Do Do you think the industry, uh, bluegrass specifically, but the music industry in general, do, do you feel like it's going to bounce back? Do you think that uh, we'll 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 get back to some some version of being able to you you guys getting to play and the audience getting to enjoy it? Yeah. Well, I certainly hope so. Um, it, it's interesting you say that. I have, I literally have my first gig this coming Sunday. Wow. Um, for the, it's the first gig I've had since the last week of February. Wow. And, uh, wow. and uh, I'm playing, I, I do a lot of gospel things. I've had a lot of fairly large uh, songs in the gospel music market. Uh-huh. And so I sing at a lot of churches, and I'm actually singing. Uh, this particular church, I go there once a year. They have this little event called Bluegrass Bash. And um, they had canceled every one they've had this summer except for this. It used to be the only one they have all year. Wow. Um, so I'm, I'm, that gives me a little bit of encouragement that I get to go faith to those folks. Um, but um, I don't know. I'll, 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 that's a great question. Um, it's killing all of us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it really is. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I wish I had a better answer to that. All I can do is pray that we get some kind of a, sure. a vaccine or some kind of a... a you know, the, the good news is, even though there's cases going up, that the good news is there's fewer and fewer and fewer people that are really dying at this point right. take it as a, as right. a whole. Right. So I'm just hoping that, um, and I have several friends who have had it, and, you know, didn't have to go to the doctor, the hospital, whatever. They went and got a test. Of course, that's how they knew they had it. But, um, you know, I don't know. I just think we're, we're, we're a very um, strong country. We're strong people. And I know we're going to get through it. Uh, but as far as wins, not to anybody's, not yeah. to anybody's answer, question, I guess. Sure. Well, I, the the fans are just as anxious as, as the artists. <laughs> I I can tell yes, that. Sir. So I, yeah. Yes, sir. I do think when we get back, it's gonna, at least initially, we're going to have some really great sales and and, um, and some great uh, responses to some of these festivals and stuff. That uh, yeah. I think they'll be popped out once we get back. Oh, I, I think you're right, I, and I, I'm I'm looking forward to those days for sure. <laughs> yes, sir. Me too. Did Did you have any um, any inkling in the early '80s when you got to Nashville that you'd be able to uh, have so many songs recorded by other folks and have have the kind of career that you had? 
no, but I will tell you, I know this sounds really weird, but I grew up, my dad bought me my first guitar when I was six, and by the, by the time I was ten, I was on tape, and I always had this feeling, I mean, living, growing up in Southern Ohio, we would always just in the Grand Ole Opry, and then the Midnight Gambery after that on Saturday night, and I had, I had read a book um, when I was in high school called The Power of Positive Thinking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it was written by Norman Vincent Peale, yeah. a great uh, author and, and, and preacher. Yeah. And I actually got to go see Norman Vincent Peale speak and meet him personally at an event in Columbus, Ohio, oh, when I was cool. a young man. Yeah. And those, it was one of those things, you know, when you meet certain people and you hear a certain message and it just kind of changes sure. your life or it makes yeah. you look at things. And so um, I just, I was determined to go. I mean, no, I had no idea it would, I would be as blessed as I am. So I get that out of the way. I had no idea. However, <laughs> I did have a feeling in my gut that if I worked hard uh-huh. and didn't give up, that I might have a chance to at least make a living in the music business. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I moved there um, fairly right out of college. I mean, I was there within eight weeks of graduating college. I moved straight there. And I got a job at a little place called Opryland USA, which is a theme park. Uh-huh. We would get to do shows, and that's really where I made my initial contact. Okay. And, um, I was in my initial show. I was in the same class with Marty Rowe, who became the lead singer for Diamond Rio. Uh, Skip Ewing was in that class with me. Uh, wow. The Christian comedian, uh, Sean DePierce. Um, almost everybody in that show um, went on to make some kind of living in, in the music. There was Stephen Curtis Chapman. Yeah. He was just Steve Chapman, but we were fighting strikes together in that show, and okay. we wrote two of his we wrote two of his very first big hit that he was working in. So, wow. um, but uh, it's just it's just been an incredible ride. Um, I am a hard worker. I will say that, and uh, I believe that uh, no, you know, somebody tells me no, it makes me twice as determined to prove them wrong. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, I have been blessed more than I deserve. I can tell you that. Yeah, well, that's that's awesome. I, I and it's an encouraging story, and I, I appreciate you sharing that part of it because I think. Uh, especially today, people need to hear that. They need to be encouraged, and, and there's not a... Uh, we need more hope than ever, for sure. Yes, sir. In that particular book, The Power of Positive Thinking, it, it says to envision, see yourself in yeah. a certain spot. And, and uh, I remember after reading the book and, and uh, meeting him, that um, I was listening one night to the Midnight Jamboree and the Rambo Opry, and I just kind of... You know, I, I'd been to the Opry once when I was about seven or eight, my mom and dad took us down there, and it was at the Ryman, but, so that's really all I knew as far as anything visual, and, uh, but I, uh, I just started seeing myself there, I know that sounds really, really weird, but I just kind of, yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, that, yeah, it doesn't sound weird to me. You're right. It probably sounds weird to some people. I, I I've read that book too, and I really uh, several times, and I really uh, appreciate the the text and and uh, you know, his faith and um, how yes, that sir. book has encouraged so many other people. So yeah, that's so yes, cool. Sir. Um, yes, so the the new record is Bridges and Backroads, and I think it's out. Right, it came out late July. Yes, sir. It came on July 31st. Um, the first single, Let Me Be the Bridge, actually was released uh, in May. And that had been out about eight or nine weeks, I guess, before the album came out. But yes, sir, it's just it's available now. And uh, I've just been overwhelmed with the response uh, from radio and also from our pre-orders. I've had no pre-orders this time in any record I've ever done. Wow. That, could be a, that could be a symptom of, uh, of uh, 
you know, something that it could be a, a, a response to the fact that, you know, we're not out playing. You know? Sure, you know? yeah, yeah. And and people can get it from from you, your website, or what, what's the best yes, place sir. to reach out to get in touch with you? Well, well, if they want a physical copy, and if they would love to have an autograph copy, please put that in your note that you'd like to have an autograph. But um, it's, if you, then it's got, I will say this, my friend Jim Chapman um, did all the artwork, and it is, I'm just really excited about it. I'm not as excited about the way it looks. As I it is. It's a, it's a pretty, but, pretty cover, yeah. Then, thank you. But, um... They can go to my website for a physical copy at www.jerrysally.com. And that's J-E-R-R-Y-S-A-L-L-E-Y.com. And we will make sure that uh, there's, a, there's a store there. Just go to the shop. Uh, click on shop, and uh, we'll take you straight to the new CD. And uh, we would love to get one out to you. But it's also available on iTunes, um, Certainly available on all your streaming services if you want to. Uh, if you're already a member of Pandora, Apple, Spotify, and all that stuff, it's available. So if you want to go in there and check it out and decide you want a physical copy, we'd love to have you reach out to us and we'll get you one. Very good. Thank you so much, Jerry. I appreciate your time and um, taking your time out of your morning today and talk with us. And we wish you the best with the record. And uh, I'm, I'm glad you have a show this weekend. And we look forward to seeing you out uh, on the road with everybody else here soon. Well, thank you, Greg, and I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. Um, you know, I can't do what I do without folks like you, and uh, yeah, you just you. don't know how much we appreciate you and Matt Conner and the whole the whole team there. Um, we just appreciate you all so much, and thank you for your time. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.